okay with this? I went through willingly to protect my brother, my sister to be, and my people. There's nothing I wouldn't sacrifice. You did not answer the question. Are you okay with this? Yeah. You know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me 492 times, shame on you. They're both hilarious. I either get potted plant oh, I call or flumps. But they run away. You know, I'm not sure I like Adri rolling higher than me on acrobatics. Yeah, I, have a, I got a plus I think it's 14. Outstanding. I think it's awesome. Oh, so it's magic. Chapter 257 The Five Rings. Okay. So in the last episode, well, the last couple of episodes, we have been uh, hanging out with good old Nadar with the Dragonborn group and learning about his excellent adventure. And, um, oh, and how did that go? Just swimmingly. I don't know if I believe Almost literally. That. Yes. I, I thought you were Dragonborn, not Crocodileborn. Swimmingly? Well, it's blue Dragonborn. Actually, this actually wasn't a bad one. Go ahead and listen to that episode. I will be. Now now I will be. I'll have to. That'll be a very hilarious moment for you. Yes. Yeah. A lot of it will be hilarious. Yeah. And Blue Dragonborn are from the desert, so it's even more hilarious. Yes. But anyways, um, so Nodar had his excellent adventure, which you all have to go listen to to have fun. And uh, but now we are back with the regular party. And uh, where were we with the regular party when last we saw them? We got done playing in the dirt like a fool's. Yeah, yeah, we were digging, and then uh, we like realized badgers. we should we, probably we spent go back. Way too much time trying to figure out how to move dirt. Yeah, and then we realized we should probably just go back to the treehouse and ask for a map. <laughs> hey, it was worth a shot. I mean, yeah, we have a map. We're still gonna have to dig. Yeah, but it would be, it it would take substantially less time if we know like exactly yeah, it would take more time than we have to, to do a full born excavation. we could be there years just generally digging a direction and never find what we're looking for so yeah because it's a whole city then that is underneath like we found a gate right like that's what we, yeah, we, we found so but we that doesn't mean we know where right. in the city that we've uncovered we need to go but so. then uh, i think it was galchabar or red Somebody sent us a missive to hurry to the ta- cat tower that they had something to speak yeah. with, I think. Yeah, you, you sent a missive there and you got a one back saying that, um, you know, you know, please hurry here because Galchabar is waiting for you. And uh, that's when you all boarded the uh, Pegasus and put it on full throttle forward and, and headed over to uh, get to the Tabaxi Treehouse. And uh, you were hoping to make it there by the, uh, the next morning just... Going all night long. And you know, we haven't seen Galtabar and Aloal at the same place at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but we have we have divine sensed him a couple of times. That's true. Yeah. You did not get a fiend or undead vibe from him either time. So now I think a lich of that power it's might be like, find ways be, to it's mask. It's gonna be that. something Star Wars like Galtabar's really his son or something like that. He's a palpatine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a galpatine. Actually, I like that one. Yeah, I'll give you that one. That's two. You're yeah. on a roll. Yeah, I am. Okay. Anyway. So, yes, you um, had dug in the dirt. You're looking, uh, well, you, you got a clue that the mages at Caledum Fontes before the Great Mage Wars had been consorting with demons and thought that there might, in fact, be some sort of a portal there. Yeah. But after digging down uh, below the surface of the mare and finding that the city was completely buried, you uh, did finally find a part of the city, but it apparently had been thrown down and burnt. And it looked like, yeah, anything that was there was probably ruined. And yeah, the tales from the Great Mage Wars were that the large, you know, the main cities of the valley that eventually became the Mare Aranosum were all thrown down and destroyed. And in fact, you probably remember the, the part of the uh, tales there where the 
capital city. They were waiting for the war to arrive to them, and it just burning, burnt um, beams and so forth were floating down the Magna Flumen and into the Delta past the you know, outskirts of Calium cities, knowing, letting them know how uh, terrible the destruction had been across the entire valley. Um, so yeah, it seemed like it was a, a fool's errand there at that point in time that uh, this was this was a uh, uh, cold lead that uh, didn't pan out. And so you got uh, the summons to go to the Tabaxi Treehouse and you boarded the Pegasus and headed west and you should be getting there, you know, by morning time. We have seen some signs of life returning to the land though, right? A little bit here and there. Yeah. But um, yeah, the uh, the Mare itself is just such a vast wasteland that there's hardly any hope that uh, at least in anybody's lifetime or their grand-grand-grandchildren's lifetime that there'll be anything there to uh, to help out. But there we are. But anyways, so the Pegasus turns its nose to the west and starts heading for a uh, thing and... and uh, Jade basically points at a couple of peaks off to the west, um, a little north of Calium Sedes. Uh, yeah, go go that direction. And the uh, Lear uh, basically goes and points and nose that direction and kicks the uh, fans into high gear. And uh, it goes off into the night. And I'm assuming everybody is pretty tired at this point and is going to want to take a sleep. And certainly there's no reason to... Uh, take watches here with the Lear and his crew on watch for you. This might be the first time we've taken a rest in a while that we can do that. Yeah. I don't can't remember the last time we actually had a rest where we weren't keeping watch. I know. An unexpected treat. Indeed. And Arlo looks much healthier than normal. <laughs> He's positively glowing with health and radiance. Yeah. And so you um, sack out then. I guess we're not taking a, a watch, which is good. And you know the the swaying of the uh, of the airship is is almost like a cradle and and lulls you off into a pleasant sleep. And um, the change of temperature as the sun comes up over the eastern peaks behind you and kind of warms the cabin there at uh, on the Pegasus wakens you up one by one. And actually, everybody roll for me a constitution roll. Ooh, Ooh I actually got a decent Not a saving throw? A saving throw? Just, just a constitution okay. roll. Yeah, just a check. 19? 18. Ugh. 22. 7. Are you yakking? 21. Oh, man. Don't tell me Adrian's yakking. Nope. Okay. Um, so, um, I can't imagine. Cotter, you're the first one to, to awaken. And you... Uh, basically go around and shake everybody awake and as you come up to Creval, you you um i guess you'd be the second one to be awakened arlen um and as uh, you come up to Creval, arlen you just see cotter reach out to um sh shake him awake under his his uh, blankets there and you just see him jump back and cotter Creval looks substantially different what in what way <laughs> his outline does not resemble the outline that you saw when you when he went to bed he seems more taller more sinuous more dragon-like and he kind of throws off his blankets and it's a totally different Creval there. I mean, it still looks like Creval. I mean, you look into his eyes and you see the eyes of your friend, but he's different. And actually, roll for me um, either a religion or an arcana roll. It's like 19. He pulses with power and you can feel a greater aura of religious magical power of divine power that surrounds him than you did last night and it, it's more powerful than you've experienced in his presence before and then the rest of you are kind of waking up when you hear the kind of commotion and you look over and yes Creval stands up and he's different anyway so there we are you guys are looking at 
Craval, and he's he's a little taller, a little more sinuous. Well, Drew, why don't you tell us what the party sees when Craval stands up from his blanket? Probably the first noticeable thing as Craval slowly stands up is there is a cracking and popping of his joints, which is a little new. Um, I would think the most obvious thing is the first thing you realize is his knees aren't and his ankles aren't bending the way they used to. He actually looks like he's standing on two human-like legs, although his feet still are splayed out in a traditional dragon paw. And here there's an audible whump as his head hits the top of the cabin you're in. And he actually is, you're used to him ducking a little bit. Now he's ducking a little bit more. Um, he has very thick muscular thighs and calves that of like you would imagine no one if he was a weightlifter. He's still, the pants that he wore that were a little baggy have, have ridden up above his knees to show that, uh, to reflect his new growth. And all the heavy scarring that you're so used to, all of it's gone. But it seems to glimmer ever full, ever like spider webbing no pun intended, of where the scars used to be, except for right on a, up on his left shoulder where the sign of the war leader is. There's That is still there in a slightly thicker form, but below that is a, a mark that you know as his dragonborn mark for being a priest in Nawada. Um, his jawline, which was normally rounded and blunt like a crocodile, has now become more angular. His eyes are still, still facing forward, but they're set back in a more human-like skull, but with obviously draconic uh, heritage. And... Um, as he stumbles into the wall a little bit, because he's not used to standing on these legs, five gouges appear in the metal as thick obsidian claws from his tips seem to score the metal beneath it, accidentally releasing a little bit of that divine energy inside. And once he settles up and stands up, he's just remarkably bigger in sight. Um, for those high high enough uh, perception or are looking, his scales are even different. They're a little bit bigger, a little bit thicker. They even look, if you can imagine that, like you look like you go up and tink on him like a piece of metal. And he's way he looks way more dragon than dragonborn now. Huh. So I look and I um? say, I'm like, brother, did you eat some gnomish food that we're not aware of? It's kind of shaking my head because everything's a little thick and I hear your voice, but it's like coming through syrup. Um, takes him a minute to steady himself. He's leaning. He- One thing he doesn't normally do is lean heavily. He's leaning heavily on his staff, and this claws is still sunk into the wood or metal, whatever the door wall is, a little bit as he steadies himself. And I think, no, I think Nuwata answered my prayer. What was I just your- wasn't expecting it to be like this. What was your prayer to look more like a person? Mm. He's always wanted to be a real boy. Yeah. No, and he'll suddenly just bolt out the door, stumbling, get to the side, and he will just retch electricity out of his body, and it'll just shoot out the side. It's just his breath weapon, but it's like he's literally retching as he does it, like he's expunging something, like excess energy, and then he stops for a minute, and then he stands up to his full height outside. Now he's where he was just under seven foot, now he's just over seven foot, and he looks down and says, no, I, when I was talking with Arlen, I, I had a thought. And it's been plaguing me that I kind of felt like I was becoming the weaker link of our party, especially after all the difficulties of dealing with the big ones in the skies. So I, uh, I approached Nawada, who gave me an option, and I decided to take it. And this is the result. So what did you ask for specifically? The ability to protect my hunting party that my family more so than I was able to at that moment. And he said it would require a deep sacrifice. So he took he took my barbarian side from me. I'll never, I won't, I, even now I can feel it gone. I don't have the ability to call upon that dragon rage like I used to. Hmm. But, in, and obviously he decided to take a little more liberties with my physical form. So you're... That's like some warlock stuff. So you have more divine power, but he, you cannot rage. I cannot rage anymore. I will not have any of the abilities of the of the spirits that I used to channel. Are you okay with this? I went willingly to protect my brother, my sister to be, and my people. There's nothing I wouldn't sacrifice. You did not answer the question. Are you okay with this? Yeah. I wouldn't have done it if I wasn't okay with it. But in trade-off... I do have the ability to pull more of his power now. Out of character, mechanically, what is different? I no longer have four levels of barbarian. I am now a 14th level cleric. Nice. Do you I, still have I, paladin? I'm still the one level of paladin. Okay, that's really cool. 
So I don't have the character in front of me because we were figuring out what it was. So you, you, <laughs> it just brought you sheet. instead of being 10th level. It brought it, me up to 14. That's cool. At the cost of my barbarian skills. Nice. nice. So I still have the ability to use the weapons I have. And it looks like he taps his own chest. Looks like he uh, left me some resistance. I'm a little still, the skin is not the same as I used to have. Kind of thumps his own chest. It's like, it feels like I have a little bit thicker armor on naturally. And these are obviously another when he does the the uh, for, bit long obsidian mm-hmm. claws and he flexes enough though that you watch him go shh, 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 into his fingers. So he just pop. wolverines on us. Basically, <laughs> yeah. That's the way it reads. So he has retractable claws now. I say, well, perhaps someday I will teach you how to use those effectively. Perhaps. But I would so love that episode. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> the train us on 2000 it won't be an episode it'll be 20 seconds be like, okay punch me and then he'll like be very good at what he does and it's like oh yeah evisceration by accident but uh yeah i'm okay with this um everyone it just it took, i took a hard look at what you adri cotter and arlen have done and I know there's more I could do, but not at the cost. But it, for me, it would become at the cost of something I already had do, could do. But I'm okay with it because it would give me that much more chances to keep you all alive and see you become what I think you all will become for this land and our, my own nation, for that matter. Well, I don't know how my people will take this. I, I, say, but I say our people will hear the tale in the most grand manner possible. Yeah, well... <laughs> Ironically, my most uh, interesting question, as he kind of turns around, does a circle. I'm kind of curious where my tail went. Does he have a tail? He does not have a tail. <laughs> well, there's. Well, I mean, a... he's got a tail to tell. Say, well, sitting down will be much easier for you now. You're gonna probably have to show me how to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to hunkering. This is not. Yeah, this is a little odd. And he takes a couple more uh, unsteady steps. This will take some getting used to. Well, Well, it is still you inside, and that is all that really matters. Everything seems a little bit shorter to the ground now, too. And now my head hurts. I think I'll go do that sitting you were talking about. Now, in reality, you're the same height. Want to just shrunk everything yes. else? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Adri's even shorter. <laughs> so yeah, um, a pretty huge surprise. Um, yeah, I don't know if anybody else needs to do anything interesting. I. What can we do? I'm. Yeah, I. Jeez, Nuada. Don't. I, 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 hey, do look, that. my hair Take grew a quarter of an inch. Spirit fingers. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm used to physical appearances shifting around. So, yeah, no, I I'm get, I'm the, fine. Ironically, the only thing I'm really having to get used to is the idea of walking a little differently now. Yeah, this is a little weird. You'll get used to it. I hope so. He, he, he looks very awkward trying to walk. Well, given our luck, our luck, I'm sure you'll be pushed into the deep end soon enough. Sadly, that is true. <laughs> Trial by fire. Maybe literally, we'll just see. Mm-hmm. Anyway, actually, so- in our case, it's trial by sand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fire sand. Well, that would depend. Is tied to chaos up? <laughs> yes, actually, yeah. <laughs> Oh. It would it would it would have gone down when you went <laughs> oh. to a nap. So what happened when when you went to bed last night on the way to? Uh... When was the last time you used tides? Is that that's not that doesn't mean fair. <laughs> Potted plant. What's the number? You explode our boat, don't you? That's kind well, of. You can a... choose now. Oh, so oh that's he, right. If he explodes the boat. That's just because he chose to explode. He the can boat. choose <laughs> his wild magic. He yeah. rolls. He, I, think I do. Again. I get. I have controlled chaos now. He rolls so twice. He can pick which one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're both hilarious. I either get potted plant oh, I call or it. flumps. 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 Okay, flumps. we'll go with flumps. But they run away. But yeah, one d six flumps. Um, 
controlled by the DM appear in unoccupied spaces within 60 feet of you and are frightened of you. They vanish after one minute. And so basically what happens is you guys all settle down for the night. And those of you that still have an eye cracked open, as as Arlen nods off to sleep, all of a sudden, how many how many plumps appear? One d six. How many plumps appear? Roll a d six, bruh. Roll a d six. Six plumps <laughs> just magically appear in the air, but they're kind of affected by Newtonian physics. And so, as the boat's going forward, the flumps just kind of basically they're in the main cabin, and you just see them drift out the door. And just as they get to the door, actually, everybody roll for me an acrobatics check 11, eh, 16, 25, <laughs> 13. Okay, so basically, you just see Adri, you know, quickly reach open, open the door, and the, the flumps just drift out the door. <laughs> of the cabin and off the stern of the ship. And you just hear, you know, a whole bunch of exclamations of surprise from the uh, captain and his couple of crew members. <laughs> as these flumps just drift past. Looking yeah. At Cause them. they, they're floating yeah. so that they just stay in place. The you know, I'm not them. sure I like Adri rolling higher than me on acrobatics. Yeah, but I, got a I think plus it's 14. outstanding. I think it's awesome. About time. My gosh. Well, you know, one more level in. I'm going to rogue up. <laughs> then all my stats will be even higher. Okay. I won't. There's no reason why I'd be here. I turn good. I just wanted to see Jesse fly into a rage. Oh, I. I, I, I wouldn't be one, mad. One, I would just it'd be, be really like Dragon Ball out. Z and her hair would just go. I'd just be really, really <laughs> sad, actually, more than anything, which hopefully is worse than making me angry. I'm feeling the guilt even now. <laughs> I haven't even done anything. She's giving you the eyes. The powers yeah. are strong in that one. Yes. <laughs> that look, she'd be like, okay. That's uh, fine. I mean, do what you want. I... <laughs> this, is why we, this is why we really need a camera sometimes. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So, um, yeah, the, the flumps went fly, flying out there as you went to bed, and then you went to b- um, bed and you woke up, and uh, Creval was different. And uh, on that kind of odd note, um, you, you uh, realize that the airship is descending and it's heading more towards a uh, landing there on the edge of the mare and that, that thin strip of uh, grassy verge that uh, extends between the remains of the old high road and the mare itself. And the uh, ship comes to a rest. And Lear uh, says to you, Cotter, it's like, well, this is where you wanted. Um, what are your orders, my lord? My lord? Yeah, I know. I'm here. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll Spoken like the... just a lord, too. I'm right here. Speak to the Seneschal, pleb. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, are we... We're in the middle of relatively nowhere, right? Basically, yeah. So you okay. have basically just pulled up to a nondescript part of the western verge of the Mare. And actually, this is a very good question, so I'm glad you asked it. And um, you have been through here before several times, going from uh, Kalium Sedes and, and then back again. You know that in the distance off to the north, you can see the verge of Valleus Calliae in the Valley of the Elves. And... There's basically about a one day or almost two days travel between Valis Calliae and Calium Sedes of just ruined high road. It's, it's, you know, just as it does when it goes through the Dryadium Silvarum, it, you know, starts out in pretty good shape near Valis Calliae and then just kind of begins to deteriorate till it's almost, you know, gone by the time you get down to Calium Sedes. And there's just um, basically kind of a several mile verge between that road and the mare of just basically unoccupied grassland and to the west of the road and even overshadowing the road in some places is an oak woodland of the foothills as you get to the barrier range that you know on the other side is the great current of the ocean. And that's where you are. You're just kind of looking at a nondescript part of the ruined wild coast and, and up there. And uh, I mean, do we even know where to go? Yeah, and, and actually, as as you uh, land, um, 
Jade just basically points up into the hills. Uh, this way to the treehouse. Meow, 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 meow. Do we want to have the uh, Bad. airship hold position or return in a certain amount of time? I guess Any... it'd be kind of up to him. It's he's the one driving. Like, does, is he cool with hanging out here? Does he feel safe here? He's our boat, so yeah. I mean, this is what he does. Yeah. Um, so he, I mean, he can definitely hang out. The question is, how long do you think he needs to hang out? I mean, if it's going to be a week, I think that might be asking a bit much. You might as well just send him to Kalesque to uh, the the docks and and inns there. But can we send a message to him at a certain point to hail him back? Turns I out mean, you got a cleric. Yeah. I mean, but we don't have a week. We <laughs> yeah. have days. Yeah. Right? So I. You, you got basically what a week and a half at this point. I think so. I think yeah. So can we, can we say like two days? Well, minimum. Like if we're not back in two days, like go back to. Or like her, you said, yeah. you, you have the ability to message him, so you could yeah. you know have him wait a day and go up to the Tabaxi Treehouse and see what looks like it's going to come of it, and then then we could you let could, him know. You could you know let him know to, to hold or not. But so. okay, yeah, let's do that. I have said yeah. him ready, so that works. Okay, yeah. so then we'll we'll go, we'll say like minimum day, but then if when we get there we realize we need more time, we'll just let you know. You might hear voices in your head. Just don't answer them. You'll be okay. Actually, he probably should answer them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Ignore what I just <laughs> said. 35 words or less. Yeah. I, I think he'll, he'll probably recognize my voice. Yeah. Well, he knows who he's traveling He doesn't with, recognize so. your what? face anymore, yeah. but he will recognize your voice. Uh, I just look at him and say, changes aren't completely unexpected with us. Turns out. How do I get downstairs? Hold the railing. Okay. One step at a time. And I'll, I'll go down and I'll hold out my hand and said, as you've made the sacrifice to support us, now I shall support you. Oh, yeah, he's going to swallow his pride and do that because the knees bend a little differently now. <laughs> it's a backward sneeze. No, they just, they, um, if you look at the picture, they're, 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 they still bend. They like, they're like springs. Yeah. Their they, legs are like springs yeah. when they walk and they have the, the, the T-Rex ankle that pivots. Yeah, they're backwards. Yeah. Now it's a solid ankle that only goes like side like this a little bit and it's all in the knees. <laughs> <laughs> He's not used to that. Doesn't have the dragon legs anymore. No. Nope. Yeah. Very good. So uh, you make it down there onto the verge, and and basically, as you've seen with Dania, they actually throw out an anchor, and then just kind of puff up and rise up so that they're about thirty feet off the ground and safe from any sort of uh, contact with the with anything un- unfriendly on the ground. And Jade points up the hill, and starts leading you up into the oak woodlands follow me everyone and basically the first part's really easy you just go across the grassland and you cross the uh, ruined bits of the old high road and then you get into the oak woodlands and very soon you are very glad that you have jade with you um because of course you know you her uh ranger skills allow you to basically find the Beth path and it's like you don't even notice it happening until you notice it happening where you know it's like it's a really big thick um, bit of brambles and you know big scrub manzanitas and and uh, so forth and Jade just kind of goes right in the middle of this thing and you realize oh there's a path there we didn't even see and um, she continues leading up there in about noon you break free from a large stand of trees and standing right in front of you is this enormous enormous oak tree and you can see that at least on four levels there is a house built into this tree and not a house but a whole building and you realize that you have arrived at the tabaxi tree house the home of their library do we see other tabaxi well, that's kind of fun because you step into the clear and all of a sudden about five tabaxi appear right behind you. And they are also outfitted and probably rangers. You know, they're carrying bows and swords. Okay. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, guys. Hi. Hello. Uh, they're with me. We're like an embassy of sorts. Uh, and they visibly relax, but yeah, you now that you've uh, t- 
taken a look, you can actually see other tabaxi going from level to level in the treehouse and then some of them leaving the treehouse and going on various errands or coming back from that. And uh, just it's kind of amazing because you've seen Jade before. You've seen the other tabaxis, but now here's a whole society of tabaxis. I'll totally look at Adrian and go, I totally knew they were there. You knew to do it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's totally. no pretty much no yeah. way that I couldn't yeah. have known yeah. they were there. Totally. Yeah. They're always there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just look at them. I sense them from the boat. <laughs> I can't back that up with anything, yeah. but it sounded really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, isn't yeah. that just a no one thing to do? Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're both double digits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The competition is fierce between the monks now. Yeah. <laughs> so Jade, um is there a leadership we should meet? Uh, there, there is a leadership of sorts. Uh, I know, but we're kind of in a hurry. So let's just go to the treehouse. Um, and if we have time, we can meet them later. And she just starts arrowing a line right to there. I'll follow right behind her best I can. Okay. And she leads you up through um, the various levels of the treehouse to the very, very top. And it's just fascinating because basically it's just rooms where all four walls and sometimes even parts of the ceiling are just books. And there are just tabaxi everywhere pouring into them. And you, you can definitely see where the, the uh, curiosity killed the cat um, thing came from because there's just, I mean, the, the insatiable curiosity of these people, you can just see that they're just riveted by whatever it is they're uh, reading that's fantastic and um you know they in fact some of them don't even notice you going by they're just so absorbed in what they do and the ones that do notice you are, are kind of alarmed um but when they see that it's jade that's leading you um that seems to quell some of their alarm uh apparently she's well known for for being out and about and uh to uh have gone further in yon and and uh um you actually do see a couple of elves in a couple of the rooms. So apparently the elves from Valis Cali I know of the tabaxi and, and come down here for, you know, research or whatever. Interesting. And, as fanciful as we are. Yeah. And you get up to the top of the treehouse and you're kind of hoping to see red, actually. Those of you that uh, spent time with them. Oh, yeah. Um, but. And, uh, no, not Sora. Misty? Yeah, Misty. Yeah. Um, but there are no tabaxi in the office that Jade brings you to. Instead, there is an aged wizard with a robe of deep blue with some almost ridiculous stars and comets and things like that adorning it. And just a little scruff of uh, gray hair. And uh, ominously behind him, there are five circles that are standing almost six feet tall and they are made of what appears to be some kind of golden fire in a constant circular ring around. And oh my God. he, uh, Galchabar jumps to his feet and it's like, Oh, you made it. It's so good. Well, we should dispense with the pleasantries. Time is of the essence and calamity is upon us, but please, um, Fill me in on the details here before I explain what's going on in this room. What uh, what all has happened since the last I saw from you? Uh, well, I'm not sure what it was. So the I'll giants. Pi I'll pick up from the giants. Explain going back to uh, Porta Magnum. Actually, I don't think he's um, talked to you since you went to. Oh, that's right. Face the red dragon and the gnomes. Yeah. So okay. So we'll explain about finding the ancient we didn't gnome. Use, I thought we used him to escape the. That was the tabaxi kittens. Yeah, no, yeah. He hasn't seen no. us or talked to oh, us I'll... in detail for a while. Yeah, you don't call, you don't write. Exactly. You're like a college student. Well, the only person with our <laughs> cell phone you... doesn't loan Why it out much. Why don't you call me? <laughs> so um, I'll give a very brief history uh, explaining the red dragon, the interception by the gold dragon. Uh, brass dragon. Brass dragon. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, brass dragon. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, consequently destroying the other fit that fake box the loss of another box 
um, getting up to the cloud giants. Having, the gnomes and the ventures. Yeah, the the gnomes and the ventures, especially, and uh, how he might want to go investigate that soon for something he might be able to use. Everything from the Instagram to the critical roles to the dragon or the spider-like mechanical appendage that the person created, um, the histories we learned, uh, Bryce becoming the next uh, Baron of Porta Magnum. I will gloss over Adri becoming the next Baroness because I know she's not comfortable with knowing that yet. Um, speaking with the dwarves, speaking with Nola, um, attempting to go find this gate ourselves and the lack of progress we made with the dirt all the way up to here and how uh, Jade has been an invaluable asset and my sudden change, which I'm sure he's noted. And I will end it with, uh, what are those five burning rings behind you? And he says, oh, well, yes. Um, I'll explain those in a little bit, but uh, time is of the essence, obviously, but these gnomish inventions fascinate me. Uh, do, do you have any of them available I could look at? Thought time was of the essence. I have oh. a wisecracker. Oh, and are you going to proffer it to him? Yeah, I have a wisecracker. I gave Galtabar one of my four. Oh, I think I think I'll, I'll, I'll encourage... Uh, yeah. you, can keep, you can keep the cracker. He just oh, wants okay. to look at it. I'll encourage Jay to show her one. I think, I think she does have one left of the jalapeno. Yeah. The jalapenos. Jalapenos, jalapenos yes. Yeah. Okay, so you take I have a heel the, biscuit, too. You, yeah. So you put the, the thing in, and he like cast Detect Magic and a few other spells on it, and then really quick, and and uh, says, uh, oh, these are fascinating. While he's distracted, I'm just going to super uh, secretly try expand my senses. I want to do a divine sense, mm-hmm. just and, seeing what's around. And once again, he doesn't come back as fey fiend undead. Okay. Yeah. He's just a dude. Yes. Well, we're dealing with a master illusionist, so for sure, it's not yeah. a bad idea. Yeah, Alawal yeah. has fooled you before, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me four hundred ninety-two times, shame on you. But uh, I'll, I'll lean over to uh, to Sorzak and say, "I didn't sense you. Perhaps you're more human than you thought you were." Hmm. Or was that just an? Oops. He said, I, "No, he said I didn't ping on anything." Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about just about Galchabar. Yeah. It's all three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and y- yeah, you get the usual ping oh, from okay. from, uh, from Sorzak. Super evil. <laughs> Secret BBEG. <laughs> the really? whole time. The whole time. Well, you know, you've only seen him and Ilowal in the same room a couple of times. It could have all been, you know. <laughs> it's actually Arlen. We all yeah. know it is. Yeah. I mean, I just started eating babies, so hey, <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> Actually, I think we're pretty sure it's That's the softest the meat ever is. This is what happens when your stats go up. It depressed me. Now I have to eat babies. <laughs> yeah, I am I am very curious about these flaming circles. Why? Um, are you, What is happening? Are you trying to teleport some people someplace? Um, well, yes. Um, the uh, Realize that you are going to be in need of aid in order to face uh, whatever the final... Uh, outcome is here uh, you you are certainly the most powerful creatures in the land when it comes to fighting and so forth but at the same time i believe the foe that you're about to face is is above you um and so i have been here at the treehouse doing research on your behalf and i have found five items that i believe will aid you in your upcoming quest um <laughs> That's the closest to a power flex I've ever seen Ladry do. For <laughs> magic items. For you, um, and uh, it's Sorzak now. Yes, I I do believe that name fits you better than your previous one, or your previous previous one. Yes. What is it that you have? I have discovered that uh, the the Tabaxi, as you know, um, squirrel away knowledge of just about any sort. They they hoard it either. Rather like uh, dragon's hoard treasure, um, and my uh, quest here has been very fruitful. I found, actually, you and Adri both will be interested in this, um, that there were some items of very powerful nature that were secreted in your monastery many hundreds of years ago. Um, they may be all but forgotten by all but the most masterful of your order, but. This is the home that you and Adrian came from? Yeah. Where Master Cho resides. Yes. And for you, um, I found, since you are the master of pugilism, that there was a set of rings, the rings of Tremaine, 
that were once wielded by a very powerful monk of your order. Um, back in antiquity, he was said to be able to punch through foes entirely. He was able to launch people into the air with his, the power of his fists. So I immediately came to, your, to mind uh, your abilities. And then for you, Adri, there also was a uh, mention of the bow of Bear Capon. This apparently was a bow made of uh, dark horn that could shoot with great accuracy and amazing power. Um, I think both of those would aid you in the upcoming battle that is surely to be had. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, for you um, there, Arlen, um, I came across a reference of something called the Staff of Nilan. And I've known about the staff for some time. It's, it's fairly famous in magical circles, but it's apparently located in a floating ziggurat. And certainly there are none here anywhere in the kingdom. So I had to go and research here in the library where that might be. And I finally have found that out. Um, and then similarly for you there, um, Kraval, your ancestors in the mountains, uh, perhaps even before they descended to attack the uh, valley, you know, thousands of years ago, they had a great hero called Doi. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> kind of silly, but uh, you don't uh, get to choose your name sometime. Sorry. No one and no Doi. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a little funny. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's <laughs> not just me. I'm sorry. Sorry. But he, he wielded a great glaive that could hew through opponents. And I, I know you are a fan of the glaive yourself. I am. And so... I thought of your you as well for this one. And then also for uh, our resident ranger, um, I have found another bow for you. But its name is lost to time. But I did find the location. And perhaps you can name it yourself when you find it. Um, and finally, for Cotter, um, I believe that your eventual destination will coincide with your quest uh, because I believe the only thing that can assist you further at this point would be something called the Sword of the First King. And as you know, the kingdom was united after the... Um, invasion by the barbarians of the mountains and my apologies to you Kraval but he was united by the first king and he apparently is buried in a grand mausoleum the location of which has been lost but if we can find it then perhaps you can find the sword of that king, which was supposed to be gifted to him after his victory and be amazingly powerful. And after looking through the library here, I believe I have found it. And I may have found the answer to how you all can reach the underworld. And he brings out a sheaf of notes and puts them on the table. And he says, I've discovered this. And Everybody roll for me a history check. I'm so good at history checks. Six. Uh, yeah, nine. Four. Nine. Mm, I got Can I guide seven. myself on this? Sure. <laughs> uh, not one for a total of two. <laughs> Fifteen. Thank you, Nuwata, for your blessings. Yes. <laughs> they didn't say um, there'd be a test at the end of this. Yes, and actually, you're the one who notices this. Uh, the rest of you are just kind of looking at the, the sheets and... and uh, but it occurs to you, Kraval, this, these sheets are brand new. They're, they show no aging at all. The ink still seems to be fresh. Um, so it seems to be entirely incongruous with the fact that this is supposed to be sending you to some ancient place. 
And he says, this is a most unusual tale that is recorded in the Tabaxi archives not even three weeks ago. Uh. He said, apparently a group of Tabaxi journeyed over to the peninsula south of here and encountered a race of beings that have the resemblance of elephants. Amazing things. They're called the Loxodon. Um, I was totally aware that, unaware these even existed. And interestingly enough, they had been enslaved by a creature from the underworld. Hmm. And that is not the most unusual thing. And he kind of, you know, brings his finger down the page to like the very last paragraph. This is a report sent three weeks ago from Tabaxi that are over there doing research. And they say that a group of younger Loxodon went to the diggings that this creature was in the you know, underworld enslaver had been forcing the Loxodon to dig. And when they went there, they were attacked by other creatures of the underworld. And so it seems to me that there may in fact be some sort of portal in that digging area that leads to the underworld. And it's also my suspicion that this may be the location of the mausoleum of the first king. And this time he pulls out what are obviously some ancient tomes and plops them down. He says, in my readings here, it indicates that he was buried to the south of Calium Sedes with a view out across the ocean. A, thing, a location that very much resembles where these Loxodon must live. So we are in a very small time crunch to get to this phylactery, and now we need to go retrieve five or six items, correct? Mm -hmm. out, out of character. Yeah. yeah, we need the items. Otherwise, we're going to get toasted. Oh, we might get toasted either way. Okay. Um, well, otherwise, we will get toasted with the items we may get yeah. toasted yeah, yeah. all right well we got to get the items yeah it's, and and uh couch bar says ah yes well um that, that does bring me to the circles behind me i realized how impacted your time schedule was so i've uh, put together these portals here and they will take you all to retrieve the items that i have told you about so if you will just kindly step through these. Are we splitting up? Um, in a matter of speaking and also not. Okay, that that's a little vague for me. Are we each taking our own circle? Um, yes, you will each enter the circle to go to the other ones. But you will not be alone. Who will, Who will be, be going with you? us? Can you explain? Um, yes, it's, well... It is kind of difficult to explain, but um, you will all be together, but separate. You will be all in these places at the same time, and yet at the same time, you will all be in your own place. Oh, so it's magic. Yes, indeed. That's uh, probably the best way to put it. It's magic. Don't ask questions. <laughs> How are we in all these to be places? Truthful. How are we in all these places? A wizard did it. Just keep swinging, Cotter. Just keep swinging. Mm. All right. I say, well, we don't have time to spare. And you'll walk on through? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And he well, points then. out which of each of the five circles everyone should go to. Kraval to the right, then Cotter, Jade, Arlen, and finally Zorzak and Adri together. As each one of you enter in turn, the remaining party members see you enveloped in fire and then just disappear. And the circle sputters and dies. And finally, Galchabar stands alone in the now quiet room. And that's where we're gonna end today. Dungeon Master's Notes. 
Okay, well, a complete episode of surprises here, uh, leading off with Creval. And uh, what happened to Creval? Well, we'll be uh, getting into that in the next episode, so you'll just have to sit on the edge of your seat until you find out. But clearly, some interesting things happened while everyone was fast asleep. And speaking of surprises, I don't think anybody was expecting to see what they found here. Um, there's a couple of things that happened to do this. One, um, I realized that we were coming up a little bit short on the leveling. And we really kind of were aiming to be level 20 when this whole thing finishes. So I needed an interstitial thing to go in the middle. And I thought all along about doing a quest for, you know, magical weapons of power that you would need to face off against your final enemy. And so uh, when we got to this point, I'm telling yes, now, now is the time to do that. So I came up with the idea of each of these five quests. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when the players get to where they're supposed to go. Um, speaking of that, and speaking of Creval, uh, when I named all these items, uh, I've been, you know, in the Celtic name thing for four years now with all the different names of all the different people. And so it just uh, completely uh, sounded natural to me to have Doi be the name of a hero. Um, and it wasn't until I actually said it on the air that I went the glaive of Doi. And it just, yeah, I will, it struck everybody as hilarious. But uh, that's the way it is with those historical names. Sometimes they uh, sound a little different to our modern ears. So anyways, the players are going off in their five directions. Galchabar has promised that they'll be all separate, but all together, whatever that means. What's going to happen when they get there? We'll have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, rate us and subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com with questions or comments. Follow us at Relic of the Past or Relic of the Past Podcast on your social media feeds. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.